Welcome to another episode of the Souvenirs Podcast. This week we hear from second generation ranch guest and homeowner, Judy Schuster. Judy shares some of her childhood memories of coming to the ranch with her family, attending school at Ramuda Ranch, and how Rancho de los Caballeros continues to be a part of her life. What is your earliest recollection of the ranch? Uh, my earliest recollection would be when I was seven years old. This would have been 1947. And I remember the keystone to the main lodge being laid. And what were you doing here at the ranch at that time? We were at Ramuda. and had been at Ramuda for two years prior to that. And then I think the ranch opened in fall of 48 and we were there in 49. It was uh, myself, my sister, my mother and father. We came out on the Super Chief, took three days, uh, but the Woody station wagon would pick us up at the depot. And we stayed at what is known as the Cowboy Quarters. I don't know what it's called now, but uh, there were four rooms with, that were Jack and Jill. Uh, and uh, so the children would stay in one and the parents in the other room and then a bath in between. And that's where we, we stayed. It just was very satisfactory. And what brought your parents out here? The flu. And someone had mentioned that Arizona was a good place to get away from the snow. So we piled on the train and uh, came out. My mother didn't think the West would last, so she refused to buy us any Western clothes, and we had little frilly blouses that we ran around in. So they started coming out here, and then they stumbled upon this ranch? No. Uh, we were at Ramuda, and Dallas was at Ramuda, and that is when the idea of a uh, another guest ranch appeared, and we... Uh, just followed Dallas over. Did they become friends with Dallas and Edie? Oh, sure. We would come out for about six weeks. My sister and I went to school out here at the ranch school. And it was my mother who brought us out on the train. And I honestly can't remember. My father appeared. We weren't gone from Missouri for six weeks. because. But I, had, I don't know how he got here. I think it was before planes. Tell me about the ranch school. It was over at Ramuda. It was a one, at that time, there were five or six guest ranches. Everyone had kids. Every ranch had kids. They all needed to go to school. And there was a station wagon that came and picked us up at nine o'clock. And we would go and pick up all of the rest go to the other ranches. There was Mata Vista, Slash Bar K, Flying E, um, KL Bar, and then deposit us at this schoolhouse on Ramuda, and I believe it was Sophie Burt who was the teacher. Of course, you had all age groups, but we had our homework assignments, and we worked from nine to noon with a recess <laughs> and then the ranch wagon would come and pick us up and we would be back at the ranch here by 12.30 have lunch around the pool and go horseback riding 
Did most of the kids that were staying at the ranch do that or just a, a few? Oh, absolutely. Sure. This was January. January, February, end of March. And was it hard to acclimate to school out here and then school back home? No, we had our, we had our assignments. If you can't imagine going in and asking a teacher today that you'd like six weeks' worth of assignments, she'd throw you out. But at that time, uh, my mother said, this is a learning experience. And they were very amenable. She knew where we would be, where the, uh, the school would be, and we just kept up, then just handed our papers in. What do you remember about the train ride? The super chief, it was always very exciting to get off at Albuquerque and talk to the Indians and buy a little pin. I do remember that the train ride was long. We had roomettes. I assume that my sister and I fought and bickered, but I don't really remember that. And what do you remember about the ranch activities then? Oh, I can tell you exactly. Uh, Eight o'clock, we would go to the round dining room and have uh, breakfast. We did not see our parents at all. And then uh, nine o'clock, we'd be picked up, go to school, lunch around the pool, and it was always peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And two o'clock, we would go down to the corral and go riding. And I don't really remember actually going out to the desert. What I remember most of all is practicing for the Gymkhana. And the Gymkhana was a big deal. Fred Allen and his wife Jean were the uh, wranglers and of course she was very glamorous with a white saddle and she could do trick riding and the Gymkhana was a really big deal and I think it was either once a week or every other week at various ranches. Did you have a favorite event? There were some odd events. There was the wheelbarrow race. There was the egg race. There was the leading race. There was the walking race. There was musical chairs. Uh, we called it the steak race. I think it would be more akin to a barrel race. But it was a race. You'd have four sets of steaks set up. And uh, 12 and under, and if you won, you got 12. 12 ice cream sodas at Johnson's Drugstore. <laughs> Do you remember seeing the changes over the years with the houses going up and the golf course? No, I really was not that aware. At one time, because most of the homeowners were longtime guests uh, of the ranch, why there was a party every single evening. And all of the homeowners, none of the, those early houses had kitchens. They would have coffee, but everyone, as I recall, would come for lunch. And then there was a big gong that uh, rang for dinner, I think about 8 o'clock. And there was, as I say, a cocktail party, it seemed, every night. And there was a lot more back and forth between homeowners and guests. I will say I don't think the ranch has changed as much as you think it has. 
except for the parents wanting to eat with their children. That was a huge change. And it was a huge change to have telephones in the room. It's a huge change to have television in the room. You know, lunch was always around the pool. Do you remember the diving board? We sat on it, I think, as 12 and 13-year-olds we posed, the bathing beauties. As you came to the ranch every year as a child, was there a period that you didn't return to the ranch? No. Even after high school? Uh, High school, we weren't able to come as uh, long, Uh, so we had to squeeze it into vacation. And we must have been flying out here by that time. I really, I'm a little vague on all of that. But as I recall the... Activities were the same. Do you have any favorite employees that you remember? Um, The Wranglers. I asked the children because at one time we did have three generations out here. And they highlighted the uh, counselors and Red Rover. And I said, oh my God, we played Red Rover. And I think they're playing Red Rover now. That's what I say, you know, a lot has not there's some tried and true things. And why do you think your parents came back year after year? Uh, my mother was not a writer, but she liked the people. Uh, she liked all of the guests that had good friends here. And uh, my father went on the ride, and uh, Caballeros ride, he loved horses and you know the whole Western vibe. I don't think my mother was particularly keen about uh, Western clothes, but anyway. Did she eventually? No. No, she did not. (laughs) So she's a reluctant Westerner. Very, yes. She did not change. (laughs) Did their health improve? It was just the flu. It was the flu at 48 or 46, (laughs) and we never had the flu again. (laughs) And what do you think kept you coming back? as an adult? Our children liked it so much, and my husband liked it. He liked all the riding and the joshing around and all that stuff. Do you ride? I hung up my spurs. I figured that 82 was, I'd have had about 70 years of riding. I didn't need any more, so. Did you ever fall off a horse? I fell off a horse when I, on my 65th birthday, Leah and I were riding, and it was, we were loping, it was wet, and the horse slipped and fell sideways, and I went off, and I thought, oh my God, I knew things went downhill after you were 65. (laughs) I wonder if I'm dead. (laughs) Did you ride again? Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. At what point did you become a homeowner? About 10 years ago. We still were working on the um, spring vacation to get all of the kids out here. Then my children, our children's uh, spring vacation. And I just said, you know, let's see if we can't uh, stay a little longer. And at that time, the Severudes had just bought a house. And we asked them if, the, if we could rent their house for the month of January. Maybe they would want to come out. So they were delighted. We did that for two years and then decided we wanted to stay longer and were four years at the Armstrong's house. 
and Lee said, I'm really tired of driving back and forth. Let's get a car. Well, I said, we need a garage. So we backed into it. And this was the only house that was for sale. It's been very satisfactory. Do you have any friends that you're still in touch with that you grew up with on the ranch? Well, as a matter of fact, Betty Watt, who lives here, I was at a party and visited with this woman, and I said, how did you happen to come to Wickenburg? She said, well, we were guests of the ranch. I said, what was your name? She said, Betty Burkhardt. I said, I know you. <laughs> so I had known her from there. But uh, I'm trying to think. I, um, I think my sister is still in touch with some people. What do you think the legacy of the ranch will be, or what do you hope it will be? Well, it certainly is an oasis. It's really like an adult camp uh, with all of the activities. And, I mean, where else would you find people on vacation who can't wait to get go to bed at 9 o'clock? Uh, so it's a very healthy, it's a family place. I think that what I have seen is that parents are now a lot more involved with their children's lives than they used to be, and it becomes more of a family unit. How do you think Wickenburg has changed? It was a nicer community because you didn't have surprise. I was 50 years old before I went to Phoenix and the Grand Canyon. We would come and you didn't have rental cars. Uh, they would pick you up the little Sky Harbor Airport and bring you here and you were here. And you, if you want, needed to go into town, you would get a ride with the ranch. They would pick up the mail at four o'clock. Edie's mother apparently had a cooking store that everyone loved. There was a fancy western store called Dean Kingston. There was Fitch, I'm not, that's not quite right, it's close, of Fitch's Indian store. And of course you never went into town to eat, so, but oh, there was the bustle. And that was an adorable very moderately priced uh, store. The couple that ran it had very good taste. And people would wash their, if they needed to wash the clothes, they would catch a ride in at four o'clock, drop the men off at the wash tub, which is still there. And the women would go to the bustle to shop at that. <laughs> the ranch would pick you up on the way back, but there was definitely no idea of going into Phoenix. What do you remember about Dallas and Edie? Edie was lovely. I think kids were terrified of Dallas. I mean, he was tall and uh, stern-looking, and, of course, we were probably not behaving ourselves, so uh, that's what I remember about him. Do you remember getting into any trouble as kids? <laughs> I do not, but I do remember the children getting into trouble. <laughs> and... You would have to interview them to find out the troubles that they were in. I asked daughter Anne what she remembers, and this was the first time I had realized that the children's program had tongue on the menu. David was three years old, and they ordered tongue. 
for him. And he started crying. <laughs> they were so mean to him. And said, it was not my idea, it was Fred's idea to do that. So that was a new story that I had not heard. And there were all sorts of desert parties and breaking into the kitchen and getting the cookies. And I know that Rusty was awakened many times during the night. Where is my child? And I think he was very glad to see everybody grown up. (laughs) Do you remember what the weather was like when you came out during the spring? It snowed. It snowed the end of March. And then there was the week where it rained every single day, and we ran around with shower curtains. We took the shower curtains off the wall. Nobody had umbrellas. And you'd see all these people. You couldn't do anything, so we played board games. Um, as a matter of fact, with the Jarrus's parents, it was either his mother or his father. And we had a fine time. You know, people can get together, do a lot of stuff. Did you go to the Cattle Rustlers Ball? We did. Yes. I do not remember as a child. I was too young to ever go to Bowman's Barn. The one I remember is was down at the Palo Verde Room. If you could believe it. And I've looked at the Palo Verde Room, and I was thinking about that the other day. It's very small. I don't know how they got a band and square dancing. It is my understanding that Edie would contact a costume person in Phoenix, and they would come up, and you would go and say what you wanted and get sort of get measured, so everybody dressed up. How did the ranch influence you in your early years and later on in your life? I do think it gave you a lot of confidence dealing with horses. It certainly was a very wholesome safe, protected environment. What are your thoughts on the future of the ranch? You know, economics plays such a big part and people's time. I certainly see it growing as families come out and multiple generations celebrating occasions. And I think that is the way it is uh, going. I think they're building towards that. They're building towards a all-year-round ranch. And um, I think that that's a good thing. Very hard to have staff say, well, you know, we want you, but we want you for seven months of the year, and then bye-bye. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to have big training program. So I think that's, I think everything they're doing is really, really good. Thank you, Judy, for sharing your stories. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Souvenirs Podcast. We're so grateful to all our listeners and all the positive feedback. Next week, we have a very special guest. You've heard about him in previous interviews, and he continues to be an integral part of the ranch. But that's enough hints. You'll just have to tune in and see who it is. Souvenirs Podcast is produced by Susie Miner. Background music is written and performed by Dick Fredrickson. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.